Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Could be a long time before 2020 Major League Baseball season gets underway, so I have some time to look back at the most historically productive seasons by position. Look, I get it. No one's really thinking about baseball right now, and that's okay. But if you need a break from the dread, hopefully some baseball stats and analysis will help with that. You can listen to my previous podcasts on top rookies and sleepers and breakthrough players, draft strategy, a mock first round, and a position-by-position preview, as well as injuries and position battles back when there was a spring training. But for now, we'll do a little bit of history as we count down the top 10 fantasy seasons by position. On the Catcher's Podcast, Mike Piazza was the top dog. First base was all about Luke Gehrig. Second base had some nice depth once I got Rogers Hornsby onto his own island. Uh, At shortstop, Alex Rodriguez ran the show, and A-Rod was again the owner of the top couple seasons at third base, too. But there was good variety at the hot corner. So what will we get from the outfielders today? Just a reminder, you can tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Before we get started into the top 10, let's go with some honorable mentions. Going way back into like 1911, 1912, you can look at Joe Jackson and Tris Speaker. Uh, Not huge power numbers, but both guys were hitting around 400 uh, a couple of times. And so they're in that era. They were kind of standouts. Uh, Move ahead to like 1930 for Babe Herman. In 1930, Babe Herman, 35 home runs, 130 RBIs, 143 runs scored, 18 stolen bases, and hit 393. That's a phenomenal season, and it's the third best among outfielders in 1930. Uh, Babe Ruth and Hack Wilson were both more productive that year. So... Uh, An amazing year for Babe Herman that uh, somehow doesn't crack uh, the top 10, maybe just because I have a hard time putting three from the same season all all in the top 10. Uh, 1937, Joe DiMaggio uh, had 46 home runs, 167 RBIs, 151 runs scored, only stole three bases and hit 346. This was DiMaggio's second season in the big leagues, and he was far and away uh, the top outfielder ahead of Ducky Medwick and Mel Ott. Those are the next two. Uh, most productive hitters uh, in the outfield that year. And from Joe DiMaggio, we go to 1966 to Frank Robinson. 1966, Robinson had 49 home runs, 122 RBIs, 122 runs scored, stole eight bases, and hit 316. Uh, that put him ahead of the likes of Dick Allen and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Roberto Clemente, a lot of all-time greats, uh, but none were in Robinson's league that season. Taking a massive leap forward into the 1980s, Dale Murphy had... He had a really good run between 1982 and 1987. 1983 was probably his best year. 36 home runs, 121 RBIs, 131 runs scored, 30 stolen bases, and a 302 average. Uh, A five-tool player uh, was Dale Murphy. And uh, again, that season is a great season, but not uh, not enough to get into the the top 10. Uh, Then we get into uh, a player who has a bunch of seasons that are kind of worthy of consideration for the top 10 and maybe uh, maybe he does, does deserve that spot. But 1990, we'll start with uh, Ricky Henderson. This year, Ricky added power to his game. He had 28 home runs, still only 61 RBIs, but had 119 runs scored, stole 65 bases and hit 325. Uh, the outfield class that year, uh, Barry Bonds and Jose Canseco were the big power hitters. Ron Gant had a 30-30 season. But uh, the combination of the, the home runs, the runs scored, the 65 stolen bases, and 325 batting average, uh, Ricky Henderson was pretty special uh, at that time. And 
that's that's hardly the only season for Henderson. If you go back further in his career when he didn't have quite as much um, home run power, you can go 1980, 1982, 1983. They're not not huge home run numbers, not big RBI totals, but scored more than 100 runs. In each of those three seasons, he stole at least 100 bases, uh, topping out with 130 in 1982. Uh, 1982, there were four other outfielders who stole more than 50 bases. Uh, Tim Raines and Lonnie Smith, Omar Moreno and Mookie Wilson. But, you know, as common as stolen bases might have been, uh, Henderson stole 130. Uh, and so he he was definitely a difference maker um, and would have been in, in the earliest days of fantasy baseball. Uh, and then uh, move on to 2001, uh, Luis Gonzalez. Had 57 home runs, 142 RBIs, 128 runs scored, only one stolen base, and hit 325. Uh, and Gonzalez, you know, wasn't the best outfielder that year either. And we'll, we'll get uh, to that more later. But uh, you know, that was a, a season again where uh, this is a hugely productive year for Gonzalez, and not unlike 1930 Babe Herman, uh, he was also third best uh, among outfielders that year. Uh, in 2015, Bryce Harper, there wasn't a great outfield class in 2015, so Harper uh, put up 42 home runs, 99 RBIs, 118 runs scored, only stole six bases, and hit 330. Uh, and so Mike Trout was great in 2015. But after that, there was Jose Batista and A.J. Pollock and Jonas Cespedes. In relative terms, that probably makes Harper's season uh, look even a little bit better in terms of value. Uh, but Again, not quite as productive as the the guys in the top 10. Uh, And then we'll move to 2018. Uh, Mookie Betts uh, had 32 home runs, 80 RBIs, 129 runs scored, 30 stolen bases, and hit 346. Also in 2018, Mike Trout had 39 home runs, 79 RBIs, 101 runs scored, 24 stolen bases, and hit 312. Slight advantage to Betts uh, there in 2018. Uh, But... both of them kind of stand out because beyond them and Christian Yelich uh, that year, the outfield was quite thin in terms of production. And this is uh, a recent trend, I would say, is that uh, outfield production is not uh, what it used to be. And I guess we'll see that more as we go through the top 10. Uh, but, you know, in the current era, uh, the likes of Mookie Betts and Mike Trout and Christian Yelich, that they're the the standard bearers, the, the best that outfield has to offer. And so when you... Uh, see what uh, some of these great outfield seasons are of the past, uh, you will see that there is uh, definitely a difference. Uh, and before we kind of continue, um, Mike Trout, you know, you could pick just about any Mike Trout season, but uh, 2012 and 2013 were both outstanding seasons as well. Uh, in 2012, Trout had 30 home runs, 83 RBIs, 129 runs scored, stole 49 bases, and hit 326. I mean, that's a, that's a great, great season that... that could challenge, I guess, for a, a spot in the, the top 10, but wait till we get uh, to those top 10 seasons and you can you can see what kind of numbers we're talking about. So uh, that will cover the honorable mentions, and uh, that's time for a break. And when we come back, it'll be time to count down the top 10 outfield seasons when it comes to fantasy production. And we're back, counting down the top 10 fantasy seasons for outfielders. We'll start at number 10 with Ken Griffey Jr. in 1997. That year, Junior had 56 home runs, 147 RBIs, 125 runs scored, stole 15 bases, and hit 304. Uh, and that's the the amazing part of this is, is that's only a little bit better than uh, what he was putting up on a 
on a standard basis at that time. From 1996 through 1999, that four-year span, uh, Griffey Jr. averaged 52 home runs, 142 RBIs, 123 runs scored, 19 stolen bases, and a 294 batting average. That's uh, phenomenal production, and, and it's kind of the second big bump of production in his career. He had a, a stretch in the early 90s that was pretty amazing too. Uh, but uh, this tells you something about what this top 10 list is going to be uh, when you see those kinds of numbers on Ken Griffey Jr. at, uh, at number 10. Taking us to number nine is 2001 Sammy Sosa. Uh, Sosa had 64 home runs that year with 160 RBIs, 146 runs scored, and a 328 batting average. Uh, 2001, as, as noted when we talked about Luis Gonzalez, uh, was a very productive year. And Sosa, as great as that season is, is not the best outfielder that season that will uh, come up with Barry Bonds. Uh, but he's ahead of Gonzalez and Lance Berkman and Larry Walker and Sean Green and Brian Giles and Ichiro. Uh, you can question the validity of Sammy Sosa's numbers if you like, uh, but when we're just looking back at, at the production in terms of fantasy, those are some pretty huge numbers that he put up in 2001. Uh, now to 1930. Uh, we talked about this with Babe Herman uh, not quite making it into the top 10 uh, because Hack Wilson uh, is there. And Wilson uh, had 56 home runs, 191 RBIs. That's the number that really uh, jumps off the page. 146 runs scored, stole three bases, and hit 356. Uh, there's uh, a pretty great group of uh, outfielders in 1930. Uh, and there's Babe Ruth and Babe Herman and Al Simmons and Chuck Klein and Mel Ott, guys who put up uh, big numbers for a lot of years uh, in that era. Uh, but Wilson with the 191 RBIs, um, that's the, the standout season for him and uh, lands him at number eight. And so we'll move to number seven for Ty Cobb in 1911. Uh, he only hit eight home runs, but obviously a different era. The, the, there were not that many home runs being hit uh, in 1911. But he drove in 127 runs, had 147 runs scored, stole 83 bases, and hit 420. Obviously, we are trying to uh, juggle uh, the uh, a league that did not hit home runs and hit for a really high average uh, relative to what we, we see in Major League Baseball today. Uh, but... Uh, Ty Cobb's numbers were obviously uh, great for his era, and you have to give credit for, I mean, a, a 420 batting averages and 83 stolen bases. He, he was obviously a difference maker. Joe Jackson uh, was the only outfielder who was really close to Cobb uh, at that time, and so um, that lands Ty Cobb at number seven. At number six, I'm going to take Willie Mays in 1955, and well, you know what? What I've done here, as as you'll find as we go through, is I've I've limited uh, the the outfielders to one uh, particular season to rank in their top ten, uh, because as as we get further along, you'll see that there are some guys who could have uh, most of the top ten all to themselves. Uh, but uh, in the case of Willie Mays, 1955, a great great stretch where he that year he had 51 home runs 127 rbis 123 runs scored stole 24 bases and hit 319 that's in the midst of uh, a three-year run where 1957 was really great 1956 was really great uh, and then mays you know, a decade later in 1965 had a, a 52 home run season uh, 112 rbis 118 runs scored while hitting 317 that's outstanding production, the, the kind you expect from a, a legendary player like Willie Mays. Uh, 
Uh, and into number five, we go for Stan Musial in 1948. Had 39 home runs, 131 RBIs, 135 runs scored, stole seven bases, and hit 376. He was clearly the best uh, outfielder that year, ahead of the likes of Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio and Ralph Kiner. You know, the, Musial obviously had a, a great Hall of Fame career and uh, may have been overshadowed, I guess, at times by, by some of the other players of his era. But in 1948, uh, Musial was uh, the best of the bunch. Brings us to number four in 1956, Mickey Mantle. The Mick had 52 home runs that year, drove in 130, scored 132 runs, only stole 10 bases, but he hit 353. And that's... Uh, a phenomenal season. His 1957 season was uh, not quite as much power, uh, but he hit 365. Uh, 1961, he had 54 home runs, 128 RBIs, 132 runs while hitting 317. You know, Mantle had a bunch of great, great seasons, but 1956 probably stands out as as his best because at that time, uh, there, it's an era of all-time great outfielders. Uh, Ted Williams is still playing. Uh, You've got Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Duke Snyder, Frank Robinson, Al Kaline, then Stan Musial. Uh, They're all in the mix there in 1956, and Mickey Mantle is the one who's at the top of that list. And so (laughs) pretty amazing to look back, really, when you you look at what kind of outfielders were um, playing and most productive in that era in, in the, say the fifties and sixties. And, uh, you, you see, you know, legends of the game, uh, and, and putting up numbers that are just, you know, out of this world. And even for the way baseball is played now, you just don't see those kinds of, uh, say power numbers combined with a guy hitting 353 like Mantle did in 1956, uh, to number three, going to go with Ted Williams in 1941. Uh, Williams had 27 home runs, 120 RBIs, 135 runs scored, stole two bases, and oh, by the way, he hit 406. Obscene. Williams, you know, was a, an outstanding hitter, and and that was the year, obviously, 1941 was the year that Joe DiMaggio had his 56-game hitting streak, but Williams was clearly more productive than DiMaggio and, and another Yankees outfielder, Charlie Keller. Uh, both DiMaggio and Keller had more than 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 runs scored, uh, and DiMaggio hit 357, and while Keller hit 298. But I mean, Williams was at 406. Like that's just that separates you from the field pretty easily. And uh, I mean, not for fantasy purposes, but Ted Williams on base percentage that year was 553, uh, which is kind of absurd. But that was, you know, and that. That's hardly the only season of Ted Williams that would be in contention. In 1942, uh, he had 36 home runs, 137 RBIs, 141 runs scored, and hit 356. Then he went off to fight in the war, came back in 1946, and had 38 home runs, 123 RBIs, 142 runs scored, and hit 342. Like he took three years off of Major League Baseball and didn't miss a beat when he came back. That's just an amazing, amazing player. Uh, and so. That's Ted Williams at number three. At number two, we're going with Barry Bonds. In 2001, uh, Bonds, and and if we're going to question Sammy Sosa's production, we can obviously question Barry Bonds' uh, production in terms of legitimacy. But Bonds had 73 home runs and 137 RBIs, 129 runs scored, stole 13 bases while hitting 328. 
there were three outfielders that hit at least 49 home runs in 2001, and that's includes Sosa and Luis Gonzalez and Sean Green. Uh, and there were three other outfielders that had at least 120 uh, plus runs and 120 plus RBIs, like Bonds. Uh, but Bond, and you know, by comparison to Williams having his on-base percentage of 553, Bonds had a 515 on-base percentage in 2001. That's absurd, absurd numbers. Uh, and you know, you can go through Bonds's career, and I mean, obviously, the 73 home runs stands out for for that season. Uh, but you can go back to 2002, he had 46 home runs while hitting 370. 2004, he had 45 home runs hitting 362. 2003, 45 home runs hitting 341. Uh, his first year with the, the Giants in 1993 had 46 home runs, 123 RBIs, 129 runs scored, stole 29 bases, and hit 336. Uh, and his last year in Pittsburgh. Uh, in 1992, had 34 home runs, 103 RBIs, 109 runs scored, stole 39 bases, and hit 311. And in 1996, he had a 40-40 season while hitting 308. Like, you know, Barry Bonds, obviously a, an amazing player. Uh, you you can cast as many aspersions as you want for uh, his his use of performance enhancing uh, substances to get to those numbers. But when we're when we're in fantasy, we're really just looking at the the bottom line of it, and the bottom line was Barry Bonds was crazy productive, uh, and so we move to number one, and it's hard to pick any other outfielder other than Babe Ruth, and well, the legend would be that well, the 1927 Babe Ruth, the one that hit 60 home runs, you know that's the the season to pick. I I think 1921 Babe Ruth is even better. Uh, 1921, Ruth hit 59 home runs, had 171 RBIs, 177 runs scored, stole 17 bases, and hit 378. No other outfielder hit as many as 25 home runs, and Ruth had 59. And, and his 17 steals was tied for 10th among outfielders. So he was uh, a threat in every category. And obviously not the only year in which Ruth was a... Uh, offensive threat, and this is basically why I had to break break down the the top ten seasons and, and only give one uh, season per player because I'd be basically splitting the top ten between Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. Um, Ruth in 1923 uh, had 41 home runs, 151 runs scored, and hit 393. In 1920, his first year with the Yankees, hit 54 home runs. Uh, scored 158 runs and hit 376. Obviously, the 1927, the legendary season, um, had 60 home runs, 164 RBIs, 158 runs scored and hit 356. That's uh, and, and that's really we're just scratching the surface. Those are kind of the top, you know, four seasons of Babe Ruth's career, and there's another four that would rival anybody else on the list. And I guess the takeaway here is they're just. There aren't as many great outfielders uh, as there had been in the past. And um, we don't have to go all the way back to Babe Ruth, but uh, even to the, the days of uh, Barry Bonds and, and Sammy Sosa, they're just, you're not getting outfielders who produce those kinds of numbers. And so a player like Mike Trout, who is an all-timer already, um, has uh, and compares, I would say, favorably to, say, Mickey Mantle at the same stage uh, of their careers. But Trout his best seasons don't quite crack the, the top 10. And uh, so Trout, he's consistently great in this era. I mean, every year you can, you can pick him to, to be at the top. Uh, 
but not when you're comparing him to the likes of Babe Ruth and Ted Williams and, and Barry Bonds. And so uh, that will take us through the top 10 fantasy uh, seasons by outfielders. Now hit me up with your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to send an email, direct it to lockedonfantasybaseball at gmail.com. Find us and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to go play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Have a great day. We'll be back on Tuesday to look at the top fantasy seasons by starting pitchers. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your source for daily fantasy news and analysis.